You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Sidney Johnson, Bob Usler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Well, welcome back to Open Court. This is Open Court with Sidney Johnson, Joe DeSantis, and I'm Bob Usler. Pleased to be with you. The Friday following Christmas is the day we're talking to you, and today we're going to talk about the end of the Fairfield non-conference schedule. Look ahead to the MAC. Our special guest this week is assistant coach Tom Parada. He's going to talk a little bit about one of his prize recruits. He and Sydney brought Neftali Alvarez into the program, and for the third time, he's been named MAC Rookie of the Week. But let's start out coach by talking about getting back up to speed we as i mentioned are talking to our audience here our listeners on the friday after christmas and uh you the staff the players had a little bit of a break here back on campus getting back up to speed give us a little bit of an idea of what you've done to get things revved up again with the players well first uh happy holidays everybody and you know we're still fresh in the uh, holiday season um for us it was great to just have some time off, let the guys rest up a bit, um, kind of exhale. But, um, yeah, we got back in the gym, in the gym a couple days ago. I, I remarked to Tom at the end of our, our first practice back, uh, we were really, really pleased with how sharp the guys were. You know, sometimes you're worrying about that first practice back. In fact, uh, Wheeler sent um, a, a, a kind of a funny tweet to the whole team uh, and he showed like this NBA game going on where there were like four turnovers in a row and two air balls and all this one sequence. And he was like, let's make sure our first practice back doesn't look like this. Um, so, but, but I th- the guys looked fresh, sharp. Um, they were uh, in tune. I wasn't having to repeat myself 10 times over to get their attention. It was, it was really good. And, and, and we just practiced today as well. And we've had two good ones to come off the uh, break. So that's a, that's a good feeling. You come off of the break and get ready for the max season off of that game up at New Hampshire. It was a win, a win that gives you some confidence heading into the max season. What, as we wrap up the non-conference part of the schedule and that New Hampshire game, what were the good things you saw in that game and what are the things you want to build on? What were the things that didn't please you that you want to correct heading into the max season? Um, there are a lot of things that please me. Uh, Number one, I just think that the the effort that these guys are giving um, has been sensational. I, I'm I'm really amazed by how hard they're continuing to work and how much we um, are just getting better and better. Uh, we went up there with a defensive mentality. We felt like we had to defend. Um, they uh, they put a lot of shooters out on the floor. Um, you know, even at the four and the five spot, and we we just felt like we had to have a defensive mindset. Uh, Mitch talked about that a lot with the team, and I thought that we embraced that. Um, if you're telling me we're going to have 16 turnovers and two assists in a game and win it, uh, I'd be stunned. That's actually what played out. Again, I think it was that defensive mentality. You know, it was, it, you know we kind of grinded it out. I think they grinded it out a bit. Um, but thankfully, a lot of things that we've been working on have come together. And uh, again, I just think it was – the enthusiasm for playing and competing that they're they're really taking to um so i i've just been pleased with them for a while to be very frank and uh we we certainly got a result and i think it gives them more confidence um we've been you know a quietly confident coaching staff for some time now and uh certainly that win allows them to see what we see 
and you got 23 points in that game from Neftali Alvarez, and we're going to be joined in a moment by Coach Tom Parada, who was the lead recruiter with uh, Neftali. And I think in addition to him just giving you that good scoring performance, it was it was important for him to show that bounce-back ability after going scoreless in the previous game. And I, and I think we can all agree there are going to be ups and downs for any young player, and he's not excluded. But how important was it for him to show what he showed coming off of that BC game up in New Hampshire? Uh, for me, it's a tough question, Bob. You, you know, we have a lot more practices than we, than we do have games. And um, the young man comes in, and all he does is work his tail off and all he does is listen to everything you say and try to do everything to a T. So I think he had a couple uh, bumpy games, but those the practices in between, I mean, the kid's there, as are the other guys, okay? Um, but we are trying to, you know, we're trying to win games and we're trying to perform on the court. And so certainly um, it might make other folks feel better, but the, the, the play that we're getting out of him day in and day out is really good. And what I think it's more um, reflective of is him adjusting to the scouting reports. It's not an effort thing. It's not a coachability thing. It's certainly not a competitive thing. The kid checks all those boxes. But it is a, okay, now they're playing me this way. And I saw that a couple of games. Let me, um, you know, let me use that to my advantage and learn from it. And I think that's what was most revealing. It wasn't that the kid, whether he's a player or not, um, he's a player, hands down, us and 21, 22 other schools understand that in terms of his offers. But it's, hey, I got I to gotta work my way through scouting reports and how people are facing me. So, uh, Coach, he comes in with a big reputation, having gotten scholarships offer from, offers from bigger schools. He gets offered to a tremendous start. And right away you can see he can be one of the all-time greats. But when he has those bumps um, – is, was there a time where you had to bring him in where maybe his expectations – I know you say he works hard every day. Maybe you were concerned that he was so high and he went to a lower point that you had to bring him in and say, hey, it's all going to come? Yeah, well, uh, to answer your question, yes. We, we spent a lot of time watching film, you know, over the last couple of weeks. We being myself, Coach Parada, uh, Tyson Wheeler, I mean, weighing in and, and uh, I definitely – uh, lob it over to uh, Tom as well to weigh in. So that's one. Certainly film any of our guys, all of our guys, any kind of rut here, any kind of, hey, this is what I mean in the game. Or <coughs> So we're doing that with everyone. Um, so that's one. But we're also talking about a kid who, um, you know, we've we've played 12 games, if my math is right, and he's been in double digits, 10 of them. No, so no, no. I, I, I think you missed my point. What I'm saying is, he is so good. Yeah. And he, he I think he's different and I can I can do this. I can differentiate him between the other guys, whether it be on the team or in the conference. He's special. So when he comes in and he's stealing balls from the kid from Oakland who doesn't turn the ball over and he's making reverse layups, you're sitting there and you, your mouth is wide open. But when he has a game with zero points, at all him, I'm talking about him. I don't want clinic speak right now. I don't want coach speak. Mm -hmm. Is he a kid that he expected so much that maybe you had to bring him in and say, you know, again, you're going to be fine. Uh, uh, when I say coachable, that that's what I'm getting at, Joe. Like there's absolutely no pushback or any kind of like, hey, coach, I got it. It's give me more. Like what do you need from me? Like open book. Like that's what I mean by his coachability is like really, really high. It's 
as high of, as any player I've had, and yet he's really good. I think, and I think you're com- like when you're really good. I'm talking to someone who is really good. You also kind of have a feel for you know what you think works, and that's cool. That's what greatness demands. This kid, and he's still a kid. He's still a freshman. Is very very effective in games, but when you say, "Hey, I want you to kind of look at this, that, and the other," there's absolutely no like zero. I can't stress that enough. Like zero pushback. It's like, "Okay, coach," and the next play, he's trying to do it. So I think um, from that standpoint, um, it's never really a head down type of thing. It's like, "Hey, just what what do you need?" Because I'm try- I think on at the end of the day. You know, it's it's good that he'll be an individually really good player. He's trying to take us to the promised land with a whole lot of other guys. And I think he models that in terms of how he's being coached. He's never, like, above or beyond any kind of instruction. Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, it's funny. I don't know him well, but whenever he sees me, he calls me sir. So he's certainly a good kid. <laughs> I was just wondering if, you know, he got down on himself because his expectations were high because I think pretty much all of us in this room – whether it be whatever field we're in, have gotten have had a little dose of ups and downs. Well, and he's human too, so yeah. you know it's not. Uh, he's he's got a long way to go, which is which is really encouraging. So, you know, I I don't think there's you know it's not like he's perfect or flawless, but um, the, the the coachability is really really high. It's really really high. And we're interested in the uh, the story. It's it's out there, Coach Parada, as we bring in assistant coach Tom Parada, who. Um, had an association with um, Neff's high school coach, and that goes back to your days as a head coach at Canisius, correct? Give us a little bit of yeah, the background yeah. there. I, you know, something came to mind when I was listening to Joe's questioning and, and, and talking with, with Coach Johnson here. I don't even know from the kid's standpoint that he necessarily looked at that game being scoreless as something that was bad. Because I do know from from his perspective, he was trying to let's think about it. He he was off the ball for a number of games, and now all of a sudden the kid has the ball in his hands. And I know in his mind, because I spoke to his high school coach, Juan Cardona, about this. He they believe, and and we do as well. He can affect the game on so many levels that he was literally trying to distribute the basketball and get guys jump shots, layups, and things like that. So in his mind, to coach's point. We tell him all the time, you have to score the basketball, you have to distribute the basketball. By the way, you need to pick people's pockets, you know, 80 feet from the basket, be in great help, strip the ball out of the post, take charges, things like that. So he's of the understanding that he has to do everything really, really well. And it almost looks as if he can pick his spots where he says, I'm going to decide, I'm going to decide with the basketball in my hands that I'm going to get somebody a shot. I'm going to take the basketball to the, you know, to the, to the, to the hoop and, and score points. And there's so much going around up there in his mind. And he's such a quick player and he plays with such, um, we'll say reckless enthusiasm at, at, at some times that there's so many things that he's trying to juggle. And sometimes it comes out as, you know, people might look at it and say, well, he was scoreless. He must've, he must've dropped down or come down to earth. But I do know in his mind, because we, we, we've watched, as Coach said, every play that he's ever had the basketball in his hands to date, to date, 
So he's looking at it, and before the, before the play even happens on video, he'll say, yes, turnover. I should have done this. I should have done that. So we're just trying to keep all that stuff moving in the right direction. And by the way, Neftali, you have to do all the things that we've discussed at a very, very high level. And again, to Coach's point, he just says, yes, I got it. Sir, because mm-hmm. that's how we—that's how he talks to us as well. <laughs> well, you beat out some major programs to to get him here. Give us a um, little bit of, uh, you know, of the background. You know, a lot of people have made a, a big deal out of that, yeah. and you know, I don't think we necessarily look at it like that. Um, recruiting is something that, as as we all know, you know, sitting around this table, that it it comes down to relationships, and that's simply what won out. You know, uh, pe- people can stack the schools that were interested in him or offered him scholarships. And when, when, and when, you, put the, the, when you put that list down, pluses and minuses, a lot of times at that level, they're, they're going to outweigh what schools at our level, you know, can, you know can, can put up on that list to compete with. It ultimately comes down to the, the relationships that not only I have, but every coach on this staff has. Coach, obviously, going back a number of years um, with, with relationship building. Those folks, uh, Juan Cardona, his high school coach, mm-hmm. and, and, and even, even uh, Art Alvarez, who kind of oversaw the whole thing. Uh, that was his, you know, the big-time big AU co- uh, coach down there, um, the Miami Tropics, and was a, was a longtime coach of Miami Christian. Um, they wanted him in a place where he was going to be really, really looked after. It sounds corny, but there is a family atmosphere, family atmosphere, atmosphere here at Fairfield and that's what the mother and father wanted they wanted a good education but someone who is going to look after the kid when he when he does have some of those down days you know who's going to really take him in and and help him work through it so when it when push came to shove all those high major schools that really really wanted the wanted the kid it simply came down to we won out because we proved to them and there was a trust factor that we were going to look after the kid because as a freshman, we just talked about all the things are on the kid's plate. He's going to have some blips on the screen. So who's going to be there to get him through that and then get him at a level where consistently over and over again he's able to perform? But it really, people make a big deal of it. It came down to relationships. And we, we, we kind of looked at each other as we're going through the process and said, this is, this is over and done with mm-hmm. because no one can stand up to no one can stand up to the test of time of having a relationship there and who ultimately is going to look out for this kid. Miami Tropics AAU is that the team Jackie Moon played on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that movie? Um, uh, Will Farrell. I don't yeah. know what the name of that movie. Oh, oh, um, My, yeah. <laughs> yes. What was the name? I'll, I'll get it too. Now. But it's yeah, not old school. It's uh, ah, it was the Tropics. They were out of Detroit, though. I think right. Joe's yeah. getting his know. phone out. Yeah. <laughs> All of what you said is um, is very convincing. Yet you face stiff competition. Yes, I, and we did. I, I, I semi-pro. Semi-pro, yes. That's nice. Uh, So there must have been a point in the process where you you had that sigh of relief moment. Okay, he's coming to Fairfield. Yeah. But were there moments where you thought maybe it was – you know, it was. It might get away. I'm sure that it, you know you you were left right uh, like anybody else would be on pins and needles for a while in the process. Well, I, you know, I I definitely want time to weigh in. I, I my approach was this. I think we have a very good. Um, I don't like to talk in these terms, but a very good product. Like Fairfield University is a really really good place to go to school. 
I believe in the people that are here as much as the, the buildings and the things and the honors. Now, we have those to go along with them. You know, one the number one rated academic school in the Northeast region. Um, you know, the campus is booming and uh, growing day by day. The people here are phenomenal. The Jesuit values, the education. So I, I felt like we're rooted in that. Um, we've rattled off three winning seasons in a row. Tyler Nelson's story speaks for itself um, along with, you know, signature wins along the way. The momentum is swinging upwards. So I'm like, we, we've got something to talk about. And then I'll, I'll just piggyback what Tom said. We had a lot of confidence in ourselves um, based on what we can deliver in terms of the relationships, okay? We, we're not going to say, hey, we have, you know, 30 national uh, televised games on TV because we don't. Okay, we actually do a really good job, you know, with the TV games that we do do, whether we're produced ourselves or ESPN, all that. We, we got into that. Mom and dad are going to be able to see you play. But that door, my office door is going to be open all the time. We're going to be hands-on with coaching you play-by-play, game-to-game, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that Art and Juan, very important people in Neftali's life, including mom and dad, they could look us in the eye and trust what we're telling them. If we come up short on that, um, we'll answer to mom, dad, Art, Juan, and Neftali. We're, we're not coming up short. Now, you got to weigh that against the other schools and figure it out. And then if, if you come to us for Fairfield, you know exactly what you're getting, um, and we know that we can pay that off. We can't tell you, hey, we're going to charter everywhere. That's, that's, not where, that's not our strength. But what our strength is, we're going to coach you, we're going to coach you hard, and we're going to be there when you have zero points the same way we're there when you have 23. All right, we're, you're not going to see anything different. Art and Juan, Mom, Dad, Neftali, they all knew that, uh, and we're going to hold ourselves to it. You know, um, I'm going to put on my coaching hat again, if you don't mind, and my years of being assistant and head coach. You guys make it sound so easy. It's not an easy thing to do, okay? I have a saying – Especially now, it's still involved with basketball, my academy, watching kids play, mentoring kids. You know, I have this saying for every one person, and I'm pointing to my right ear that's telling a kid the right thing, there's 10 people telling them the wrong thing. And now, you know, with the pressure, the social media, these kids are being ranked as sixth graders, it's hard to do what you guys did. So I, I just kind of wanted to gloss in that up a little. Is that a word? It is now. I made it a word. Jo- okay. yeah. we'll, I made it a word. We can probably I want. I wanted to embellish that. That's an SAT That's word. That's a good recovery. All right. But, uh, so you guys, kudos to you guys, Tom and Coach, and, and and your players too, because the kid didn't just read about you. He visited here and he liked the school, like you said. So a uh, great recruit. Seems like a great kid. So I just wanted to throw my. Uh, one penny in there. Yeah, and just to uh, reset the uh, scene here, we're talking about him in particular and with Coach Parada because he's coming off a another award-winning week. He in uh, the individual awards, obviously, or something. Even if Tally would say, "Look, that will pale in comparison to the the big prize, what everybody's after here." But he was the MAC Rookie of the Week for the third time this season. Part of a very good recruiting class that is now about to get down to the important business of Mac play. And again, we're recording this on the Friday after Christmas. Mac play for Fairfield begins on Thursday on uh, at Alumni Hall against Ryder, and then on Saturday on the road at Iona. So now it is time to reset the entire basketball table here. 
into the most important time of the year, time for the MAC. The word everybody or the term everybody uses when it comes to describing the MAC right now is wide open. Ryder, the team that you face, yeah. is the preseason favorite. But uh, to be quite frank, no team in the MAC has really jumped out at you and said, wow, this team has really gotten some attention in the non-conference part of the schedule. So, A, do you agree with the assessment that the MAC is, quote-unquote, wide open? And, B, rolling it into getting matched up against Ryder in that first game. Tell us a little bit about preparing for that team to get things going in the conference. I, I definitely think the league is, is wide open just because no one's, you know, kind of head and shoulders above the crowd in terms of records and things of that nature. And, you know, maybe uh, a team here or there is working through injuries and, and things of that nature. Um, but I, I, I do think um, I do think Ryder is very good. Uh, they're preseason number one and, and, and watching film. They, they're a very good team. I, I, I think that Fairfield is very good. Um, I think that there's a lot of teams in our league that are playing, frankly, better than their record. Um, you know, you look at Iona, um, who looks very different than years past. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm very far away from being an Iona Gale-like, <laughs> you know, proponent. Uh, but Tim Kloos has been on the road uh, nine games in a row. That, that, that's pretty amazing. Um, and so if we really want to have a heart-to-heart, we got to look at scheduling. You know, and, uh, you know, what, how that affects, you know, teams like us who, you know, have to go on the road a ton. We've had three home games. Um, our three wins have been outside our building. So rather than, you know, pout about the scheduling, I'm really excited that, you know, I've got a group that's learning how to get better and better and better and playing better basketball and have shown that they can win on the road. For me, that's exciting as we're going into MAC play. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of saying a, a number of things, but I, I do think at, at the end of the day, the league, um, I, I think the most important time is going to be in March, to be very frank. I think mm-hmm. we all have to kind of find our way uh, and, and butt heads, crack heads a bit as we go through um, January, February. Um, but I think March is going to be the telling time. And uh, in my eight seasons, it's usually been that way anyway. Uh, Coach, um you're heading into Mac play. You have uh, we talked about um, Ryder. I don't I don't want to get off Ryder because obviously it's your next opponent. But I'm really curious. You've had a big break, and I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm looking at your whiteboard. We're in your office right now, and I see two days Iona slash Niagara, three days Ryder. Right. So you had uh, I'm gonna general and I'm gonna estimate you had you came back to practice yesterday. Right. You got seven days before Ryder. Right. Are you preparing? And then you got to go Iona. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ryder, Thursday, Iona, Saturday, Niagara, Monday. Are you preparing at all now for Iona and Niagara? Like, yes. how do you do that? Yes. So when we get closer to the I, – I, when we get closer, and some of this is from my Ivy League experience where we played Friday, Saturdays. I th- think they still do that. I, I, yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. idea. So um, the, uh, the Saturday game we would prepare for uh, on Monday and Tuesday. The Friday game we would prepare Wednesday, Thursday, play the Friday game, and then Saturday would be a review. Go back we to just kind of yeah. So some of that is you know we've looked at Iona and Niagara not only now but a little bit before, so we've kind of have that placeholder if you will. We get closer with to the team. Yes, with, with the, the team. team. Yeah, with the team, and then uh, we get closer to Ryder. 
we'll um, we'll zero in on the rider prep, and then when Iona pops back up and Niagara pops back up, we'll we'll have already touched on that. Uh, when when we feel like that's that's pretty effective for the guys. I, if I could add something to that, if if you think about that, we have a lot of youth in that gym, and just what Coach says, we we sat about sat and talk about it as a staff, and all the things that you noticed up on on the board there, Joe. Think about how many different things that that group saw today and yesterday in practice. There's a whole lot of things being thrown at them, and then when you when when you take into account the youth that is out there, it's, it's a pretty big undertaking. It really is. So it's, ex, it's really exciting to see these guys because they, they are so coachable, but to take, have to take all that stuff in and then go out in a practice and execute it and then kind of work with us along the timeline. Okay, this is our first game, but let's, let's, after that first game, let's rewind and, and, and bring back all the different that call upon the things that we did in these practices and then put that game away and then have to call back again what we did in our third game against Niagara and then put it out there in in a single scouting report and have those guys call upon it we just we simply don't have the veterans out there that have been through that so that's like the exciting thing for us because the kids are like sponges each and every one of them but they're young so there's a lot of there's a lot of trial and error in that, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with Coach. I've been a, I've been a part of these types of teams with so many so many young guys, and not not just so many young guys, but so many guys that are relied upon to do so many things for us in actual games. So it's a it's a huge undertaking. Challenges there, yes, but that's what's what's really gratifying to see them take it, take it, take it, make their mistakes, have us to you know we have to we have to pick them up and keep them moving. But as this team gels, meshes, all the all the buzzwords and learns, and and learns, learns. trial by error well, sometimes, uh, it's it's exciting. That to, actually to see. sets up my next question. You're at that time of year where they're not in class right now. You have right. several weeks where there's no academic responsibilities. It's all basketball for them right now. What is the balance between, as you just said, that intense preparation for three MAC opponents pretty much back-to-back-to-back mixed in with still trying to roll out things you're trying to teach them, get them up to speed on? This is classroom time again basketball-wise, isn't it? Yeah, so we get to do – we'll do more film with them. um, We have a a few uh, two-a-days sprinkled in, all right? Not too many because, like we said, there's, there's so many games in a row. Um, so if, if the uh, schedule was a little bit spaced out and not so front-loaded, uh, I would have multiple two-a-days. That's something I drew on from uh, overseas. Overseas was, was fantastic. It was, I was living the dream over there. You know, we'd come in in the morning um, and, and work out, uh, have a shooting session, skill session, 10 to 11, um, shower up and get a bite to eat. I was kind of a nap guy, so I'd take a nap, wake up, and then we'd have team practice from 5 to 7. And imagine we're doing that three to four times a week and then have a game like, say, on a Friday or Saturday. I was doing that week after week. I, I got better. I got a whole lot better. So those are some of the things that I've worked in with this group. Uh, we'll sprinkle in one or two of those. Um, but we can't do as many as I'd like. Um, we will do a lot more film, individual and team-wise, um, and, and, and we'll get them there. And the last, last part I would say, I thought Tom nailed it, now think about what I talked about last week is you're doing all these scouting reports and you're moving them through and these guys are they're learning and they're they're like sponges they're taking it up and now you get in the game and you got to make an adjustment you know what I mean so all best laid plans <laughs> and now you got to make an adjustment 
And, you know, with, with John and Itis, um, you know, I, I don't think they skip a beat. You know, they, they kind of get in it. Jesus is getting there. But well, we got some other guys that like, oh, okay, well, Coach, we worked on this for three, four days, but now we got we to gotta switch it to put us in the best situation to win. And I'm telling you, these guys, are, they've, they've tried it and they've taken on to it. And that, that, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to be in there with them because they're trying it in the moment with all the spotlight on. And we really, you know, if we get it, we win. If we don't, we're coming up short. Um, these are the things that it, it's grooming a young team. We've been here before, and it's, it's, it's fun. Case in point, Coach, we, we, we worked on a couple of days leading up to New Hampshire. We were switching all screens. Right. But then we said, oh, my God, some of our smaller guards, which we do have, they're going to get rolled into the post. And we worked continuously on when the ball went into the post, double te- on the dribble, going down, digging it out, double teaming full rotation. Coach made a hell of an adjustment at halftime and said, you know what, we're not going to go down completely and put us at a disadvantage because New Hampshire was prepared for that. And on the fly, coming out of halftime, you know, because initially they were, they were throwing it out of the double team, an extra pass, wide open threes. They were hurting us, and they were up. And, and to this, the, this, this group's credit, they came out from halftime, made the adjustment, not just in their minds, but actually did it out on the court, and we were able to defend them better. And then we went on a little bit of a run ourselves coming into the sec- coming out of the second half. And uh, that was the, win- the difference between winning and losing with a whole lot of inexperience out there. That's, that's really, really big-time growth to be able to do it on the fly. Now, I know during the academic year slash when classes are in session, the NCAA has rules and regulations regarding practice hours. Is that still applied during – the uh, vacation season, if you will. Yeah, vacation you, part of the year. Yeah, I mean, you can't you, you, you can't be in there for you know mm-hmm. 40, 50 hours, <laughs> you know, in a week. So, um, but we're also th- there's the NCAA part of just being practical and right, and, right. and here. But we're also thinking about the games and so many of them. Um, but we'll take advantage of the fact that um, you know because they don't have class we can pick our spots. And so if we go an hour and a half of practice, you know, we can do a good hour of film. You know what I mean? Those, all, all, those, all of that time counts, okay? But we can do an hour of film and get a whole lot out of it um, and know that we're not taking them away from exams or, you know, office hours, things like now that. Now, where do they eat and where do they stay? I remember uh, back in the day, we all stayed in Loyola Yeah, Hall we're, we're allowed to give dorm. them per diem because um, the CAF is closed. Um, and so we have to give them per diem. That's I'm going to put a plug out there for our friends members who are, you know, <laughs> donating and supporting the program. It's a big part of it because, I mean, these yeah. these are big boys, and and we're not going to practice any, we're not going any less harder than than you know before. So these guys got to eat, um, and um, y- you know, you're cleared in terms of how much money you can give them, and that that's drawn from your friends' accounts and your donations and stuff like that. So. All that's part of running a mid-major program. Yeah, but you better hope they're not trying to save money and eating at McDonald's. Uh, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, like a guy like John, like, um, you know, my, my strength coach, told you, John Casababa is the biggest athlete on our campus, mm. okay? And um, I can't remember some, some crazy number of calories that he needs to have <laughs> in order to perform. He doesn't eat junk, okay? He eats great. But that costs money. So, again, my second plug for any of you, you know, faithful stags, donors out there, you know, help us out because I think it's really important that we're able to fuel these guys maybe, and, maybe and push Joe, them forward. Start, Joe? It, start it, Joe. What do you think? Oh, he's yeah, going, either, he's going yeah, into his pocket. About, about yeah, <laughs> it's hard to win the lottery when you don't play. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't have enough money to play. <laughs> uh, 
Who um, who are the, in addition to Jonathan, who are the big eaters on this team? Who are the guys we really have to make sure uh, get fed? Help me out. Uh, Taj, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his, his name jo- jumped in He there. always seems to be looking for a, an extra meal or, or a beverage, as he says. He's, he's, he's a great kid. Um, he, uh, he seems to not miss a meal. Um, John is always in the mix. Uh, I think Wasif and Kevin probably do yeah. pretty well. Yeah. They all like to eat. Uh, kids kids uh, just love to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I weigh Coaches a buck like five. To eat. I was going to say, like to eat. I, I weigh a buck <laughs> five, and, and, and I don't mind a, a good meal. I'll, pr- I'll we, bring, we, I'll we bring like lunch <laughs> next week. I, that's <laughs> on me. Um, we're going to start a, in just a second. Uh, I'd like to get a regular feature into these weekly podcasts. We're going to talk about some of the Fairfield players uh, who are overseas or in Tyler Nelson's case, stateside, and what they're up to. And we're going to talk about them briefly and give you an idea as a uh, Fairfield fan how you can uh, get up to date on them. But final question, Coach, as you get ready to get into the MAC, how comfortable are you with your rotation? You've used eight different players as starting players this year. Uh, now you, I'm sure you want to be at a point where you're comfortable with that that consistent rotation if that's the word or maybe not you're going game to game uh, how why don't you uh, take it and tell me how you approach that at this time of year um especially with a young team where you're still trying to get some answers yeah i i i guess i'd say um i i don't know if um i, I don't want to back myself in a court i don't know if i'm searching for answers okay um i like the rotation that we have um you know, Taj has played less lately. Calvin has played more. Omar has played more. But those three guys, I think, can definitely help us win games in this league, as have the, say, more regular guys. Um, Felix has picked up more starts. I think consistency, you know, especially when you're talking about freshmen and sophomores, I think that's where, uh, you know, I want to pin that down. But I want to give all those guys and, and, and the other, you know, the the, the Jesuses, the, the Johns, I, I really have a lot of confidence in all of them. So I like the rotation. Um, I like the options that we have. And I think it's um, trying to get all the guys. There's one guy who's going to play um, a lot and as much as anybody, and that's Jonathan Kassabob. We can't do anything, and the entire gym knows that. We can't do anything at a high level in terms of what we want to do without his presence. And everybody else, I'm trying to get them to get to that point where um, they're irreplaceable, um, and and they're all taking uh, little and big steps to doing that. And then I'll lock them, you know, I'll kind of write them in and pay. He's the one guy that it's just we're going to, you know, it's just like we're, we're locking him in. And everybody else is, is really, really good at being like a partner to him. Um, and I want to get them to be like, you know, where we can't do it without them either. So we're still working on that part, but we're not, we're not scrambling. We know who, you know, our downhill guys are, our forwards who can, you know, play inside out, our shooters. Uh, we know we're going to demand every single one of them to take charges and get rebounds. So um, it, it's it's we're in a good spot, and I just would say consistency, like just getting guys to be really good, especially younger guys, to be really good at what they do well and trying to re- do that over and over and over and over and over again. That's what John has achieved, 
and uh, I think that we'll we'll look forward to seeing these other guys get to that point this year. And I'm sure there are a lot of uh, future pros in this current Fairfield group. And as I already teased you about, we're going to talk about some of the pros who are out there now uh, representing Fairfield very admirably. And uh, Coach Parada, it turns out we were talking before we started rolling here, you have heard from somebody overseas who actually is going to be providing you with information on a weekly basis, kind of uh, aggregating all the Fairfield players who are playing professionally and giving you like a weekly synopsis um, of those players. And can you give us an idea of who is out there right now and what are they doing? Uh, just a capsule version of, and we know the names, guys, uh, like Amadou, Sadibi, and Tyler Nelson, sure, of sure. course. Well, it it, it kind of happened, uh, Bob, out of the blue. A gentleman reached out, and might be because we do a lot of international recruiting, but he said, um, you know, we provide a service, we provide a service that, um, you know, tracks – college players that have gone overseas and, and playing professionally right now and Fairfield's no different. He said, would you like a, would you like a snapshot of their, you know, their weekly, um, their weekly games and how they're doing? I said, absolutely. And right before this interview, I had sent the, I had sent an email from this gentleman over to coach and um, it's great for recruiting because every time we're sitting in this office and a recruit comes in, we talk about all the, all the, the players that have gone on to play professionally. Tyler Nelson obviously being stateside and having a wonderful first-year uh, professional career. But um, there are a lot of players that, that come in uh, from a recruiting standpoint that we say there's a whole world out there that you can latch onto and have a, a professional experience. And I believe Coach is uh, looking at the, the email right now, and it, it, it gives them their stats for the week, and it's, it keeps us uh, apprised of uh, their developments. So basketball is a small world. There's a, a website called Eurobasket.com. And it's something that I, uh, when I was playing overseas, I would monitor because I had buddies that I uh, wanted to keep track of. Um, I also wanted to see what they were saying about me. Um, <laughs> and then uh, it also, then in the off season, Eurobasket.com would monitor um, the various free agent signings and things like that. So I'm kind of looking, okay, well, if this guy goes there and this guy goes there, I can go here and things like that. So I got really attached to it when I was playing. Then when I uh, started coaching, it was a way for me to keep up with friends who were still playing, but also be mindful of the opportunities that were there for guys who, when I was at Georgetown, then Princeton, now at Fairfield, who if they didn't uh, hit the league, that I, I knew the very, very good leagues um, having played over there. So it was a way for me to monitor that. Now, a gentleman from U uh, Eurobasket.com got in touch with Tom because he's just so prevalent overseas in terms of recruiting. So Tom wasn't even aware of, of, of my previous knowledge of, of this website. Um, and what this guy does is he goes and, and, and takes all the Fairfield guys from the different leagues, puts it together, and sends it over to Tom. He forwarded it to me, and I saw Eurobasket.com, and I just chuckled. I'm like, all right, well, he's just making it easy for me. Instead of going to France, you know, for Derek – you know, and, and Marcus over here um, and, and uh, Marcus for Spain and Amadou for Portugal. So he's got um, Anthony Peanut Johnson. I wasn't able, I uh, wasn't fortunate enough to coach him. I, I'm pretty sure he played for Ed, um, big time player. And I know there's overlap with him and Derek. Uh, he's got Amadou here, Derek, Yosef um, Mikulic, who played for us a couple of years and then uh, went back home. Uh, Marcus, Tyler, um, obviously he's keeping aware of him in the, in the G League. Um, John Han or Han and uh, Mo Barrow, who will be going over to uh, Australia 
uh, in about a month's time. Um, he's got that all put together and is tracking uh, how they're doing. If you could doing. real quickly, with it, like like John Hahn and, and Marcus, if you give us the country that they're with right now, where, where are they exactly? So, uh, so John Hahn, yeah, John Hahn's in Puerto Rico, okay? Uh, Mo Barrow is going to be heading over to Australia. He'll be playing for the Willington Tigers. Uh, um, Mo has been actually um, around working out. Um, you know, he stays close to the program. His offseason is now. Derek Needham will be here in the summer. That's when his offseason is. Uh, Marcus Gilbert is playing in Spain. Uh, he's playing very well. He's averaging almost 13 a game, three and a half rebounds, one assist a game. Um, Tyler's doing his thing. I saw him. Uh, they had the Las Vegas uh, showcase on ESPN, a series of G League games, and uh, the kid came in, and all he did was play seven minutes and rattled off 10 points just like that. Um, uh, Derek is in <coughs> Monaco. France. It's one of the best teams in France. I uh, believe they were uh, first in the league last year, and they came up just short in the finals. Amadou is playing in Portugal, um, and uh, Anthony Johnson is playing uh, in Uruguay. Um, as of a year or two ago, um, uh, Darren Phillips was still playing, mm. and that's I was able to keep track of him on Eurobasket. He was playing in Argentina. Was he like 45 years old? Yeah, <laughs> DP. <laughs> DP still doing it, all right? Can like, still get buckets Like a lefty in baseball. If you can rebound, you can, you and, can play. And, and I played with Darren uh, overseas. I don't, I don't know how many people know that, but I played with him over in Spain. And um, really good dude. I had no idea at the time, you know, Fairfield oh, guy. I'm a Princeton guy. Years later, he was one of the first guys who emailed me when I got the job. He sent me an email and Gene Doris uh, an email. And he was really supportive. And so, uh, DP, we love you. And you still got a home <laughs> here at Fairfield. Uh, waiting on Rakim to get signed. He's one of the best players in Europe on the continent uh, for the last uh, about four years. Mm -hmm. um, and he didn't sign with anybody uh, in the fall. And he's kind of on this second wave of seeing, like, you know, when they kind of change players mid-year and all that. We'll see where he lands, and then he'll be on that list as well. He's a big-time player over there. He's starred for Barcelona and Milan, um, making a whole lot of money. God bless him. He's, he's done really well. So... Uh, it's great to keep an eye on these guys. Good stuff. There's actually, you know, there are more names out there than you actually imagine at first thought. It's like, oh, wow, yeah. there are a lot of Fairfield players out there making uh, some good money playing and, professional. And that shows up in our recruiting. You can bet that I'm because, sure. you know, these guys, they want the education. They want to be really good basketball players. And so uh, there's some great opportunities in Europe for them. I think that's the key to it, too. When we, we bring them in here, we talk about, obviously, what's understood as the education. But we do have to recruit guys that want to be pros. And I think the, the, the gym is filled with them, yep. you know, because it, it, it ultimately comes down to, to recruiting and who you can bring in here. And Coach has done a great job of uh, attracting those types of kids. And all you need is one to have a domino effect. You know, it's, it's, it's really what it is. And uh, we're, not, we're not starting and ending with Neff. You know, it goes back to, it goes back to Wasif when you said uh, without you know, question. Pin, pins and needles and whether, was there ever a time. Um, I, was at a, I was at a dentist appointment when I got a call from his coach saying he's on his way to Louisville. Mm. You know, that, that literally happened. And my first call was, was to coach and say, oh, we got a problem. <laughs> you know, Fairfield, we have a problem. Yeah. And, um, you know, as it turned out, you know, he decided to come with us because of a lot of the things that we talked about. And he's just a sophomore. Mm. 
you know, um, and, and scratching the surface in a lot of ways. Everyone points to Neftali and says uh, how good he's going to be. He's, he's already shown what he could be, but he's scratching the surface. But when, if, if you backtrack a year, you know, um, Omar's been one of the best players in our gym the last couple of days, and he's just got healthy. You know, he hasn't played a full season in his two years here, but he's still a sophomore. You know, there's a lot of things going on in that gym. And, you know, I say that because they're all pointing forward to to their future and they all want to be pros. Oh, and by the way, you're going to get a great education, you know, along with that. But that's that's where it starts. It starts and ends. And, uh, you know, uh, Neftali is the, 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 the most recent one. But there's there's freshmen along with him that are doing their job just as regular freshmen, you know. And now who's coming in next year? But um, it's it's all it's it's all a snowball effect. And there there's a whole lot of great times in that gym because there's there's youth, there's inexperience, but there's some guys that can that can really hoop in there as well. Any final words, Joe, as we get ready to? Uh roll this thing into uh, the Mac part of the schedule? No, uh, you know, I mean, I did do a lot of homework on the Mac, but we never got to it. <laughs> You'll use it. I, I just think it's going to be a really interesting season from Niagara's win over Pitt to Monmouth being 0-12. Right. So, I, uh, you know, you got some tough games ahead, but, uh, boy, you can uh, really move forward with some good outings coming up. And the Ryder team has four players that were picked on first, second, third team preseason. And, again, we didn't – Ryder was uh, unanimous. All yeah. eleven coaches picked them number one. So you got a, You got a big moment coming up. Uh, Absolutely. Coming up on the third should be a lot of fun. On campus, alumni hall, George Basaka Court. Let's let's show out for these guys because uh, that, that's a big time game and mm-hmm. certainly a mighty challenge. Um, we're we're looking forward to it. That's the voice of Sidney Johnson. Tom, thank you very much, Coach Tom Parada, for, for spending me. some time with us. We will do this again on. Uh, We'll record on Tuesday, January the 8th, so that means we will be recapping Fairfield's games. Actually, uh, we'll be recapping. We've got Ryder, we have Iona, and then uh, Niagara all in a row. Fresh out of the gate. So, Coach. uh, No rest for the weary. Not at all. So, uh, (laughs) good luck ramping it up as we get ready for the MAC. Well, we want to thank you for listening to another edition of Open Court with Sidney Johnson and Joe DeSantis. I'm Bob Heisler, so we will be back with you on, uh, well, check your uh, check for the next drop following Tuesday, January 8th, when we get things up and running here. The MAC season has arrived and Fairfield is ready to go. Thanks for listening, and in the meantime, have yourselves a very happy new year. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.